To set the stage for this story, we must go back to the far-off year of 1988. The location is the Cascade Mountains of Oregon. I was 10 years old, and with me was my mom, dad, best friend, and our golden retriever, Amber. We were very much an outdoor family, and we had many camping trips before this and since. But to this day, when I think about it, I still remember the terror I felt that weekend so long ago. After a brief talk with my father recently, it kind of came back to the front of my mind. He was also able to fill in a few details that I had forgotten. This holiday was like many others. We packed up the station wagon with everything we needed for a hike into one of our favorite lakes to camp at. To make this trip even more exciting for me was the fact that it was my birthday weekend and I got to pick this lake. After we arrived at the trailhead and got our packs on, my dad got his sidearm out and strapped it on his belt. In Oregon, open carry was permitted in national forests, and my dad had always had a gun in his hip while in the woods, which always added a sense of security. We had a close call with a bear one time, in which it really came in handy. The lake was about a four-mile moderate hike through some thick forest, but the trail itself was well-maintained and never very busy, so it was going to be a very pleasant hike in. We started off on our hike, and back in the 80s, it wasn't uncommon to have your dog off-leash on the trails in the forest, so we had let Amber run and do her thing. She was a good dog, and she never ran off too far for long or jumped on people. She did love people, though, and speaking of people... We hadn't seen anyone else on the trail after about two miles in on the hike, which was nice since it was just all of us talking, laughing, and just enjoying the nature. My best friend and I started a hike ahead of everyone else because we were so organized and excited about finding the first and best tent spot once we got to the lake. Amber was bounding ahead of us and having a great time too. We were about 20 yards ahead of my parents when Amber stopped dead in her tracks. I thought that she maybe saw a chipmunk or something, maybe a bird, but her hackles came up and she let out the lowest of growls. She never growls, so we stopped walking, and I thought maybe a bear or deer or something was just off the trail, and she had saw or heard it. We immediately started walking backwards, and my parents caught up to us. My dad had asked us what was going on, and I told him that Amber is up the trail and is growling at something. He tells us girls to stay back with my mom, and he walks ahead to where Amber was at on the trail. My dad gets up to her and starts looking around. I hear Amber whimper a bit while looking off the trail. My dad comforts her, and he calls her back, and then walks back to us. He says it must have been an animal, and that he didn't see anything right off the trail or ahead of us. He says to let him take the lead, and we continue to hike. It didn't take long before it was forgotten, and Amber and the rest of us are all having a good time again. We arrived at the lake, and much to my delight, there was no one else there camping. The water was clean and blue, and the shade from the trees made the whole scene just perfect. My friend and I found the best spot to set up our tent, and my parents followed suit. After we had set up camp, my folks went off to fish just down the hill, and my friend and I took off with Amber to walk around to the other side of the lake to catch salamanders. We only made it about an eighth of a mile 
when Amber stopped and yet again started to growl. We stopped and looked around, and we had heard the sound of brush rustling. Then right in front of us, a man walked out of the trees. Amber stayed right by our sides and started to bare her teeth. He was much taller than my dad, so at least six foot four, was very skinny, but he had broad shoulders. He was clean cut, and he was wearing black jeans and a white polo shirt with loafers. I mean, he did not look like he had hiked at all or was even dressed for the outdoors. He almost looked like he came out of church. We just stood there trying to process the situation when Amber began to bark. The guy just stood there, not moving, and he smiled, like the creepiest smile ever. It felt like someone who thought that was what a smile was supposed to look like. Amber kept barking, and this got my parents' attention, and they looked up to us and called out for us to come back. We complied, and we started to walk back towards them. My dad had met us halfway, and he told us to go back to the campsite, and that he was going to go talk to this guy. We got back to our camp, and my mom sat with us. I could hear my dad asking the guy if he needed help, or if he was a fellow camper who had just set up a camp away from the lake. My dad was being polite and calm, but I could see he was on guard and trying to fill out the situation. Now is the time to mention that my dad was ex-army, and he can be very intimidating when needed. The conversation continues. The guy told my dad he was just on a walk and that he didn't mean to intrude on us. The guy says goodbye and walks back into the woods. My dad walks back to camp and he sat down and he told us that he thinks the guy is just a yuppie camper and that he doesn't know too much about the outdoors. But my dad did say that he got a weird vibe off of him and that he would definitely be keeping an eye out for him. Amber stayed by our side and was just calm yet she kept looking towards the direction the guy went. A bit more time goes by, and we have a nice campfire going, and the sun was just starting to set. We had cooked some dinner, and we made some s'mores afterwards. My friend and I decided to go to our tent and read some books, and tell each other some scary stories. Amber followed us to the tent, and laid right outside of the door. My parents walked to the lake to sit and have a beer, and just generally chill. They were never more than about 50 yards away. Not long after my parents walked away, I heard Amber start to growl. Then we hear footsteps coming from the woods behind our tent. My friend and I turn off our flashlight and go quiet to listen. The footsteps stopped right at the edge of the woods. We then hear heavy breathing and a grunting sound. Amber starts to bark and we then hear the footsteps retreat to the woods. Amber whimpers a bit, and I then hear my parents walking back to the camp. I go out and I tell them what happened. My dad said that he heard Amber barking, and that's why they came up. I asked my dad what the hell we should do, what's going on, and if that strange guy was the one creeping around. He tells me that we'll see about moving camp in the morning, since we still have three days left on the trip, and that nothing's really happened to warrant just leaving. But he said that we'll play it by ear and just be a little more vigilant, and that if something changes, we'll decide what to do next. He tells us to try and get some sleep, and we all turn in for the night. The next morning, we all get up and have breakfast. After breakfast, we head down to the lake to fish. It was a beautiful day, 
and we were having so much fun, the events from the day prior were almost forgotten. We decided around lunchtime that we would go for a short hike to the waterfall that's just up from the lake. We were only gone for about an hour, and when we came back, we found our tents opened and our sleeping bags drug out to the ground. My dad tells us to hang back with my mom while he goes to investigate. He comes back and he says nothing is missing, but it wasn't an animal that did this. He says we should break camp, hike back to the car, and find another spot to camp for the next couple of days. I could tell that my dad wasn't wanting to frighten us, but I could hear the urgency in his voice. I was very disappointed, but if it meant we could enjoy the rest of the trip and not worry about some creep messing with us, then it was worth it. We broke camp and started our hike back. Dad was in the lead, and we were double-timing it, and we made it back to the car in record time. As we walk over to the car, we see that one of our tires was flat. Not a big deal. We always had a spare, but when my dad bent down to start taking the lugs off, we swore. It was not just a flat. Someone slashed the tire. Dad changed the tire in record time, and we threw everything in the car and he goes to turn on the car, but it wouldn't start. Dad starts swearing, gets out of the car, and pops the hood. Shit, he says. It turns out someone had took out our spark plug wires. Now, old cars like that Chevy wagon didn't have internal hood releases. You could just pop the hood from the outside. Dad slams the hood, says some very colorful words, and kicks some rocks. We were stuck and no one else was at the trailhead. We were stranded. My parents are calm under pressure, and after a few minutes of discussion, it was then decided that Dad would start walking down the road until he could hitch a ride to town and go to the auto parts store. Mom and the rest of us were going away with the car and look for someone to hopefully pull into the trailhead and help us. A few hours go by, and no one else has come to the trailhead. It's starting to get hot at this point, and we're all getting very hungry and tired. My mom makes us some lunch, and we go sit under a tree to cool off. Amber's by our side and very calm, but then we hear a voice. Amber leaps up and starts to whimper. The creepy guy from yesterday comes down the trail and is asking my mom if we need help. My mom tells him we're fine, that it's all being settled, and that my dad, her husband, will be back soon. The creep then tells her that his camp is close, and he's parked on the old fire road that's near the lake, and he asks us if we would like to come back to his camp and wait until my dad returns. My mom sternly tells him no, and that we'll just wait here, but thank you anyway. He does not like this. He tells my mom that it's not safe out there for a pretty lady and two young girls. My mom, like my dad, is no pushover and she asserts herself again that we don't need any of his help and to please just leave us alone. The guy just stands there, smiles wide, and then just turns around and leaves. As you can imagine, my mom is visibly shaken, and us girls were just a bit scared. My mom comes over to us and tells us that we need to stay close, don't wonder, and that we'll all be okay. My friend and I are really kind of freaked out at this point, and we're just hoping that my dad will make it back soon. After about 30 minutes, the creepy guy comes back. This time, though, he's not alone, and he has a slightly younger guy with him. 
The other guy is dressed as a yuppie camper and had a very stern look on his face. My mother stands her ground as they approach. Amber starts to low growl and her hackles go up. The two guys flank us and one of them flashes a gun tucked into his belt. The older guy tells us that we need to go with them and that they were not asking. My mom backs up next to us and without taking her eyes off of them, reaches to her belt and pulls out her bowie knife. My mom then said we will not be going anywhere and that they need to leave now. The two men didn't even flinch at this and they said we will come with them or they will hurt us. Right at this moment though, Amber goes from just growling to now barking and she then puts herself between us and them. This makes the guys stop. My mom then yells that they need to leave now. They start backing up and right at that moment, we then hear a truck pulling into the trailhead parking lot. At the side of the truck, the guys start to walk away very fast, then disappear right into the tree line. The truck was a forest ranger, and he had my dad with him. My dad jumped out of the truck and ran over to us, asking if we're okay. The ranger came over and asked who those men were, and also asking if we're okay. My mom explained everything that happened while my dad hugged us girls then telling us we'll all be okay. The ranger takes off looking for the men. My dad tells us that he was about five miles from the town when the ranger picked him up, and he then took him the rest of the way to get the part for the car. Then he drove him back to the car, which leads us to the present moment. After hearing what happened, my dad was pissed, and he really wanted to find the guys who tried to kidnap us and had been terrorizing us for the past 24 hours. The ranger came back and he told us that he almost caught up to them, but they had sped away in a truck with a camper in tow. They had been parked behind a small ridge behind the lake on an old logging road. He didn't get a plate, but he did radio a description of the men and their truck and camper to the local sheriff's office. He also took our information and said he would pass it on to them. He waited around with us until dad had fixed the car and we were finally able to leave. We decided not to continue camping and instead drive a couple of hours to spend the last two days of the trip at the beach and stay in a hotel. A few days later, a deputy called my dad and told them that they never did find the men. He said that it was most likely a crime of opportunity after seeing a woman with two girls in tow. He was sure they had been watching us from off the trail and had messed with our camp to judge how my dad would react. When my dad seemed to be too big of a threat, they sabotaged our car, hoping to put us in a position where we were vulnerable. He said they would follow up with us if they found out anything else, but according to my dad, nothing ever came of it. Years later, I tried to do some research on crimes in that area of Oregon during the 80s that might have involved something like we experienced, but all I could really find was just a few reports of campers being robbed and a few cars being broken into. There was one case of a lady and her dog going missing from an area near there, but it was never determined what happened to her, or even if it was something bad or if she just ran away. I can tell you that we did go back to that lake a few years later, and we had a very uneventful camping trip. It was nice to go back and really find some joy in a spot that was special to me. I really hope those guys never hurt anyone, and that maybe they were caught for other crimes. I will never know, though. I just hope to never run into a situation like that ever again. I can confidently say that having a dog along with us helped our situation. She was the hero and kept us alert.
Amber went on to live until she was 12 years old, and she passed with her favorite people around her. Remember to stay safe, stay watchful, and it never hurts to have a sweet, brave dog with you. I'm staying at a private campground in Vermont. I'm a 34-year-old female who's barely 5'3". This happened almost three weeks ago. It was on a Sunday night, right around the first week of August. I was sitting on the step to my camper with a fire going, smoking a bowl and drinking a beer. Another camper comes over. It's an older guy in his early to mid-40s, and he had asked to chill for a bit. I didn't think much of it, and he then left about an hour or so later. The rest of the night is pretty quiet, and I pass out. The following day, which is a Monday, everything is going normally until about 5 p.m. The door to my camper opens, and my dog starts going ape shit. I turn around, and I see the same guy from the night before. Let's call him Jay. I quickly say, What the fuck are you doing in here? Get the fuck out! And after some words back and forth, Jay finally leaves. I lock my door behind him, and I go about my day. 8.45pm comes around, and I once again hear my dog growling. As soon as I look out the window, I see Jay. Within three seconds, he's gotten hold of the handle of my door, trying to open it for like ten minutes, while yelling, Let me the fuck inside! I don't respond, and he leaves. At this point, I'm freaking the fuck out. I was tempted to call the cops, but I figured I would go to management first. Tuesday comes around, and I sneak out to take my dog to the bathroom. I get back in with her, luckily without issue. About 10 a.m., Jay is once again back pounding on my door, telling me to let him in. I yell at him no, and to go away. His response was, Well, then come out here and hang out with me then. I once again tell him no and to leave. This guy actually comes back five other times that day doing the same thing, as well as trying to look through my windows asking me to let him in. Well, 9 p.m. rolls around and I'm curled up in bed with my dog. Within about three minutes, Jay was back trying to open the door to my camper, which thankfully was locked. While this is happening, I hear my boyfriend's bike coming up, and Jay bolts. The next day, he tries coming over with my boyfriend here, and he then looks in the window and sees him. Wednesday was pretty quiet for the most part, until I went down to the bathrooms around noon. I hear a growl and bark, and as I'm headed to the bathroom, I get halfway there, and I hear someone behind me. I don't think too much of it because there's a lot of people here. That's when I then hear, Hey, where are you going? It was Jay. So I sped up my walk, and I got into the bathroom, then quickly locked the stall door. Jay comes in, and he then says, Well, you know, since we're both here, we might as well. And I then start yelling at him to get the fuck out of there and to get away from me. He finally leaves, and I get back to my camper. Wednesday night, Jay started to come over, but when he saw my boyfriend's bike, he left me alone. Thursday morning comes around, and I see Jay packing up and leaving. What a relief. Finally. 
He was gone all day on Thursday, but then Friday comes around, and around 11 a.m., I see Jay's camper in a busted-up trunk pull into a site three away from mine. So I head down to the front office to let them know what's going on. Well, come to find out, multiple people complained about him doing the same thing. One of my neighbors actually saw what happened Monday and Tuesday and complained to the office on my behalf. Luckily, he hasn't been back. The people he was with are still actually here, and I'm honestly on edge since I don't know if he'll show back up. This is a true hiking slash camping story that happened to me about a year ago. A little backstory information. My mom was in the army long ago. She did her time a few years ago. She felt a void in her heart, like something wasn't there. Then she found her love for camping and hiking. My mom has been a camper for about six years now. She's planned every year for her hiking slash camping trips. She's been in the army, so being prepared is nothing. She's gone hiking and camping in the summer, spring, fall, and hell even winter in the same mountains, all while my brother is her hiking and camping buddy. And it's honestly to the point that the little town knows my mom and brother, calling them the mom who hikes with her son. I live with my dad, and usually I visit her and my brother over the summer. Last year was my last time hiking and camping with her and my brother. And honestly, I'm not too fond of those mountains and what lies in those woods. The mountains I hike are called Pine Creek Gorge, or in this case, the Grand Canyon of PA. The West Rim Trail was a 30-mile hiking trail. When I say I'm not too fond of these mountains, I do mean it. My mom wanted to beat a new record with my brother and me to hike this 30-mile trail in under 47 hours. I didn't argue and agreed that we could do it. But in reality, I absolutely couldn't believe my mom. You see, you park your car at the trail starting point at the Brady Wallace Picnic area, hiking this to Rattlesnake Rock. Then you have to hike another 10 miles down the mountain to get to a little town where we get sandwiches, soda, and our ride back to the Brady Wallace Picnic area. Here's where it all begins. We had met halfway through our hike. It was getting dark, and we decided we needed to set up camp. Luckily, we were at a campsite made for this, and we were high up in the mountains and had a view. The woods surround it. My mom and I set up the tent, and my brother set up the inside. We change our so-called PJ and created a massive fire. This helps keep the animals and insects away. We then make our food and eat. Then my mom hangs up the food back in a tree, which was to keep animals out of our food. It's very important to remember this food bag. Anyways, then we settle in to sleep. And that's when it happened. I remember waking up in the middle of the night, pitch black and blurry. I don't know why, I just did it. And that's when I heard it. I don't really know how to describe it fully. It sounded like a porcupine call, but deeper and very unanimal, then turning into a bird-like sound. It was about five minutes, but it felt like hell. I heard shifting around the tent as if it was walking towards the tent. Then it stops. I listened to the sound of water pouring, and that's when it hit me. 
It was freaking peeing next to our tent on my side. I kept hearing shuffles around our campsite. I could turn around to see my mom's figure upright in the tent. She asked in the lowest voice I heard, Do you hear that too? I replied back with yes. We waited a few minutes totally still, and then my mom finally got up, took out her machete, bear mace, and abandoned flashlight, and then went outside to investigate. If you're wondering where my brother is at this point, he's still asleep. And to all those wondering why he didn't go to investigate with us, well, my brother's 11 years old, tall and skinny, and he had a baby face like no other. So having a 40-year-old army woman stationed in Afghanistan with a license to kill and a mama bear on top of that is really the way to go. Anyway, I waited a few minutes with my mind rushing. What was that outside? Is my mom okay? Is this fight or flight? Where do I go? When I was thinking about what would happen, my mom accidentally hits the tent with the bear mace. My brother and I started to cough, feeling our lungs suffocating through this mace, and we then ran out of the tent into the night. We could only see the small fire pit still burning, and my mom standing outside looking frantic. She asked why we're out, and I told her about the mace. She said she was sorry. Then we stood in silence. I kept my side beside the fire, with my eyes glued to the deep, dark, dense forest only a few feet away from me. My mom said she saw nothing outside. About a good 20 minutes go by, making sure the mace evacuated our tent. We went back to the tent, and we laid down. My brother went back to sleep. My mom and I had a hard time falling asleep. I think the idea that something was out there in the woods, something waiting for us, it just really freaked us out. By the distance, I had heard a pack of coyotes howling, and I began to remember all those skinwalker stories that I had learned and heard all throughout my life. My eyes felt heavy, and I had finally fell asleep afterward. Once we woke up, I first walked to the place where I listened to the peeing, and it was very clear that day that it was still wet, and it smelled like a strong scent of urine. So we get dressed, use the bathroom in the woods, then eat and pack up. We're counting to hike the mountains, and about 11 miles from our last stop, we found a place. It was early noon and lunchtime. My mom had asked what we wanted. As she reaches for the food bag, she opens it up, and half of our food is gone. She looks wide-eyed and her mouth gaping. I looked at her, and then she looked at me. What she said still sends chills down my spine to this day. I wasn't very honest with you, kiddo. I didn't want to scare your brother, so I lied. I did see something, is what she told me. She explained why she sprayed the bear mace. When my mom got out of the tent... She heard the sound of feet near the tree where the food was hanging at. She flashed her light in the direction of the sound, seeing a tall shadow-like figure lit up like a man. So she of course does the thing, attack first, ask questions later with the bear mace, and it then fled towards the tent. My mom just kept spraying the mace until whatever the thing was ran into the woods. Not onto the trail, but into those dark, dense woods. Before we got out, she went back to the tree and saw the bag swing in the tree, 
thinking nothing of it. I think it was just a man messing with us. My mom always says. But I think it was something else. The strange sounds. The tall figure. How it made no sound of coughing when my mom sprayed it with the bear mace. We're in the middle of the mountains where no other soul was around. And if it really was a man, why make those sounds? Why pee next to the tent? Steal our food? You need hot boiling water to eat that. We finished our hike, and I did what I usually do. I crossed it from the bridge that separated us from the town, turn around and flip towards the mountains, and shout out how much I hate them. Then turn around, walking to the small town. The woods aren't a place to mess around. With beauty, there's also fear. And luckily for us, we left those woods unharmed. And I just really don't think I ever want to go back. Hey everyone, I hope you all enjoyed these stories. If you ever want to submit your own, you can do so at southerncannibal.com. Have a good night everyone. And remember, to always, stay.